0: Stevie,
1: uh, this is Emily. Welcome back to the Sex Files. Yeah, thanks for thanks for being here. Um, I'm doing okay.
0: Good. We say as if we haven't been talking for at
1: least an hour before. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, yeah. Seasonal depression is very real and it's very gloomy um, where I am right now, and so
0: I'm so sorry.
1: It was rough, but that's okay. It's okay.
0: I wish I was there and we could cuddle up and watch. Chilean content. We watched Hocus Pocus. I want to go to the
1: drive-in. Oh my God. Stevie and I went to the drive-in when she was here and it was... I have not stopped thinking about it. We saw Hocus Pocus. Bette Midler is a queen. A queen. It was so good. I got a line that I'm going to use in a fic out of it.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. I forgot about that. So good. It's so good. Anyways, everyone stream Hocus Pocus. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Um, I have a giant pimple. That's the biggest part of my day
1: it's funny because there's a there's an episode of veep where she has a massive pimple in the exact same spot and the entire episode is surrounding just how uh how big it is and her hair gets stuck on it at one point when she's giving a press conference it's very funny
0: I want to watch that it'll make me feel better this is such an inopportune spot to have a pimple it's right in the middle of my cheek it's like on the peak of my cheekbone and my cheekbones are fucking huge every time I somewhat smirk they like scream and so it's just like singing the song of it's people on my face
1: (laughs) we can watch that episode it'll make you feel better
0: okay can we watch that after this yeah okay cool um so we didn't really do our what we wish we learned in middle school sex ed corner in our last episode because we were so angry about a stupid white man so today we want to talk a little bit about masturbation as hmm. we do often i say as if it's something special like we
1: haven't talked about it but go ahead oh no i was just gonna say i feel like uh we will have things prepared um Like, you know, topics will come with like some fun things. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is not the only time we will talk about masturbation because it's evergreen.
0: It's evergreen. There's so many areas. We're just going to talk about something really specific that I'll explain in a second. But we're probably not going to be doing this sex corner every episode. Um, It'll probably be like maybe every other every few, whenever we're feeling it, whenever we have a topic we want to discuss, just because Emily and I are so passionate about these things. And we're so happy that people who are listening are getting a lot out of it. And it seems to be really important that if we tried to pick a really big topic, every episode, I think we'd lose our minds because we would just, we care so much and it's hard to like, we could talk for two hours just about these topics. Yeah, and still not cover nearly enough that we think we should be. So exactly. we're just gonna we're gonna do it sporadically when we find something that we want to talk about, and it'll be like a every other episode, yeah, type thing. But today we're gonna do it. So we've talked about mastur- mm. ma, Julian. <laughs> we've talked about masturbation. Al- a That's lot how of- she would say it. Masturbation, Foster. Okay, Emily's gonna hang up on me, pressing the mic into her face. Can you hear it?
1: stevie and i have been blessed but also cursed with very 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 vivid memories imaginations Uh, brains we just have very visual minds very visual yeah that's the word (laughs) we have very visual minds so for example (laughs) not oh i don't know 20 minutes ago (laughs) Baby decided to put some gum in her mouth, and since taking it out (laughs) (laughs) for my (laughs) well-being, because it's her fault because she said Jillian chews gum a lot. She does, and then she was like, "Why does she do? Why does she chew it like this?" And she started to do it, and I was, and I said, "No, she plays with it with her tongue."
0: And And Emily
1: had a meltdown, and I, I was my own worst enemy. I.
0: Far Sometimes too you are your own worst enemy.
1: Yeah. I know, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Emily. <Independence. laughs> okay. <tycker>, Anyways, <laughs> um, we've talked about masturbation a lot on this podcast, right? In all different forms. And Emily and I wanted to discuss a little bit each of our respective partnered sex hiatuses, hiatuses, hiatus, eye? hiatus. Eye. I like hiatus.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. We were talking about it recently. And so we wanted to just chat a little about it on here. So for me, a little over a year ago, my ex and I broke up and I was just about to turn 21 and I was around my, and when I get around my birthday, I get really like reflecty, like just like on life and where I'm at. I don't know if other people do that, but I do every birthday. Yeah,
1: no, um, I do too. I like
0: journal more. I don't know what it is. Yeah. And um, I was like, holy fucking shit. I have not been single since I was 12, which sounds like insane. And I don't necessarily mean in a relationship, but I was always at least talking to somebody or hooking up with Mm. somebody or having one night stands, which would be amazing if I was doing that in a place of empowerment and control, but I was doing it as a way to determine my own self-worth, which was toxic and self-destructive. And I like literally had no idea who I was without male attention, which I feel like is a Mm. common conundrum to find yourself very common. Young.
1: Yeah, and we touched and we touched on that like a little bit last episode too. So that this is a perfect transition. Yeah, look at us. It's almost yeah. like we we prepare almost
0: a little bit. Um <laughs> so I decided that like I was going to take the year of 21 and be like single single and truly not and, like, I actually cut off everybody that, like, had been lingering around in my life. I was not – I was actually saying no to people if I got asked out. I wasn't on any dating apps. So I was, like, not doing anything. And holy fuck was that hard. Like, you wouldn't think. But that was one of the hardest – like, the first few months I fell into, like, a really intense depression,
1: mm.
0: anxiety spiral, something not good in the brain. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but – something not
1: super fun but
0: through that I don't want to say
1: I I just say one thing I think um part of that is because not necessarily us but I think when I say we I mean like general consensus like mainstream sort of thinking is that we view um singledom singlehood Mm -hmm. I like singledom yeah me too as um like waiting for something waiting yes. for someone it's like a state of limbo yeah. where and, and that feeling is very unsettling in any in any um situation mm-hmm. like the, the feeling of anticipation is where our, our worst anxieties um manifest that's a quote from Mad Men. <laughs> stream Men. So that's a
0: really good no, not that's directly exactly what it is yeah but yeah
1: like our worst fears lie in anticipation i think is what is what the quote is which is yeah. true it's so and so true. when you if you're single and like that's how you're viewing it, you view singledom as waiting for something, as anticipation. You're gonna feel anxiety around that, 100. Yeah. percent
0: And I just truly didn't know how to love myself if I wasn't getting male attention. Like yeah. I was like, "Well, I'm not pretty. If nobody's telling me I'm pretty, like I'm not worthy of anyone's time or care. If I'm not, if someone's not trying to give that to me, like if I. It's not if
1: it's not seen by someone else. Yes, like I didn't yeah. know
0: how to find that within myself. And so I don't want to say I discovered masturbation through my purposeful singledom because i definitely had been doing that before but what i did discover was solo sex as a necessary form of self-care for me i'm of course only speaking for me because if you don't have a sex drive like that's amazing and we don't we don't shame in this house but i mean i've talked about this a little bit before but i've worked i've been working through a lot of my pts3 my pts3 what the fuck I have the new, the The new new version, version. the new (laughs) (laughs) PTS3. Jesus Christ. I've been working through a lot of my PTSD through solo sex and have gotten to a point to where I'm exploring, um, like sexting as a way to practice setting my boundaries and being in control with another person. And boy, it's so weird to be engaging in something sexual where I truly hold the power and it's like healthy and I'm not doing anything wrong because I really had it so ingrained to me that since the way I was having sex was an act of self-harm to myself, now anything sexual with someone seems like something wrong or bad or like yeah. I'm, not, I'm not doing something I'm, I'm sh- I shouldn't be doing. Yeah. And it's scary, but it's also exciting and it's different all at the same time. Um, but the point is, is that there's a lot of discussion that happens around saying a woman isn't satisfied by her partner because she masturbates. Like, it's just something you have to do because someone else can't get you off. And that perpetuates a patriarchal idea that is really harmful to one's own autonomy. Yeah. Uh, But like we were talking about before, solo sex is a necessary form of self-care if you have a sex drive, and it helps you learn what you like, it helps you feel more comfortable in your body, and it cultivates an overall healthier relationship just with yourself. And your relationship with yourself is completely separate from your relationship with your partner or partners. Like we aren't dependent on other people for pleasure. And Emily and I have um, seen ads that are like for vibrators and things that are structured around this idea that, oh, with this vibrator, you'll never need to have sex again. Or do you remember what that one
1: ad was, what it said um I think it was an article oh, it was an article like the ten cents yeah is that yeah, it was like the ten vibrate, but it was weird because the article wasn't even that wasn't the title of the article, but when people were um what's the word um well, sharing, sharing it, it yeah sharing it that was like that was the the um, the bite that they the chose, little like the- yeah, that was the bite, yeah, that was the bit that they chose. Um, and it was like um, 10 sex toys that will make you never want to be in a relationship ever again. And it's like, and like one, re- like se- that is part your solo sex life is your relationship with yourself. Yes. Like that is a part of relationship with yourself. So one, the title is horrible. And two, Stevie.
0: It, well, having partnered sex is an addition. If you choose it, it's not a compromise and it's not a replacement you don't have one or the other they should they can coexist and they should and even if you're in a relationship you still need that healthy relationship with yourself your relationship with yourself is the only constant in your life like literally and so we should treat ourselves like we're the fucking loves of our lives like why exactly. wouldn't you worship yourself like like
1: the partner that you've ju- that you just adore with all your being like you should treat yourself like that yep and I think too, when you frame sex toys as being a replacement for a partner, as opposed to framing them as part of your solo and partnered sex life, you erase the fact that women are and you are an autonomous human um, who has a sex life and relationship with themselves. And um, I think a lot, when you get into a relationship, a lot gets wrapped up in that. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very easy to lose yourself. And so the stronger relationship you have with yourself and the stronger um, commitment and loyalty that you have to yourself and the more you value yourself, the stronger that that foundation will be when you decide to add someone to to your life that is already completely fulfilling and completely whole as it is.
0: Right. Like it just makes every realm of your life better. Yeah. Again, if you have your sex drive and you want to be exploring that part of yourself. Exactly. But like, I mean, as you know, Emily and I hate men just as much as anybody, but it's not empowering to imply someone isn't satisfied by their partner because they use a vibrator. Like being like, oh, my boyfriend fucking sucks. So now I have to go use my vibrator. Like if that's true for you, dump them. If your partner isn't listening to you and what you need, like literally dump them. Like I've talked about before, with my personal trauma. And after years of therapy, I was truly convinced that I needed to wait until I found a partner who I trusted enough to work through my PTSD with me. And that's so untrue. And I truly up until probably like six months ago was like, that was what I was like, well, I won't have sex again for a really long time. So I need to wait until I can find a partner that I trust enough and who knows when
1: I'll find that. And it's like not even true. Yeah. And it's also, it's also like, um, unhealthy, too not only for you but for the person that you were that you know would would have potentially taken that on because it Mm -hmm. takes on this narrative of like um it's like a weird savior thing right that's that's particularly well that and yeah that and then like the other side of it is like we typically see it with men um thinking that women are going to heal them it's like yes. going into a relationship and treating women like their therapists and their mother and like mm-hmm. everything else. And so not only would it have put a sense of dependence that you would have had on that person, but it also would have placed an unfair burden on your partner that you would have and eventually gotten um, to feel as though that it was their responsibility to heal that part of you when truly yes. it's all inside of you.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's like I can fucking work on that shit by myself. I don't need to be dependent on anybody to heal me. I can do it. Or for anything. For anything. Like this transcends all boundaries. This just happens to be my issue. And it's – well, because with masturbation, it gives you complete autonomous control of your body completely. And being in a relationship doesn't and shouldn't take that control away from you. So – Anyways, that's kind of, like, what our personal revelations were over this in a nutshell. But the point being is that, like, if a woman is saying yes to a sex toy, she's not saying no to her partner. She's just saying yes to herself. And for me, it's, like, what a wild experience to be slowly dipping my toes back into partnered sexual activity, partnered sexual interactions um, that I'm doing solely because I want to, not because I need to in any way, shape, or form. Like it's so foreign to me because before I was getting into relationships or interacting with men, because it it was like a, it was a a necessity of some sort for me to maintain my sense of self-worth and balance and identity. And now it's not, it's solely an addition and it's so different. And it's so, so weird for me to adjust to that. Like I, if I don't want to talk to one of these guys, I truly don't. And then nothing changes. Yeah. that's fine. Like then I'm still just, I'm happy and content. And then, and then when it is fun, it's like so exciting and fun. It's just that. And that's it. And so I'm yeah. working like beating out the ingrained, this is bad and I shouldn't be doing this. For yeah. my brain Because it's not now and I'm doing it healthy and I have healthy coping habits and I'm, I'm very yeah. self-aware and I'm
1: being safe and all those things. Um, I'm so yeah. proud of you. Thanks. Um, and I also think too, um, I want to sort of talk about this more at a later date because I think it's a much bigger topic, but um, it also takes the performance aspect away from everything mm. because I think, well, two two things take the performance aspect away from it. One masturbation takes the performance aspect away from everything because you're truly, there, there is no greater um, speaking for, from, 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 Uh, Stevie and and my perspective as the way that we are, there's truly no greater investment in yourself. And so Mm
0: -hmm. when
1: that happens, you're engaging in solo sex and solo pleasure. Solely for your pleasure, like there yeah, is for, no.
0: It's not for anybody else. It's just. It's one hundred
1: percent for you, and so the performance aspect of sexual interactions gets taken away because you don't feel like you need to perform anymore. Yeah. To one, one actually in sex itself, and two in the interaction um, with possible sexual partners. Because you you're fully able to recognize that it's like yeah I'm amazing but like I'm not for everyone and I know we've talked about this before mm-hmm. but it's like once you truly recognize that like the other person is testing you out just as much as you're testing them out like it takes every single um, nerve nervousness anxiety yeah. pressure everything away. Because, like, you are truly in control. Yeah. And, I mean, that translates into
0: so many realms of your life. Like, when it comes to, like, job interviews and shit, like, you're interviewing them as much so, as they're interviewing you. That absolutely is relevant in your sex life and in your romantic and personal life and your and in
1: your emotional relationships, like, all of the things. I just want to say my experience very, very briefly yeah. because it's so weird that, like, we were on it at the same exact time. I think
0: it was the same almost. year, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I think it was the exact same year. So, so after funny. I graduated college – um yeah because that was my I, senior year so when you yeah, graduated okay yeah. yes um I decided to take a, da- a break from dating um and partnered sex all together um because I was studying for the LSAT <laughs> I just wanted to further emphasize um you know I learned the importance of the solo game um and then after that Ended up being in a really, really cool, casual, respectful relationship. Um, probably like the best ever in my life. And it set me up now in a really healthy headspace. Um, and just stressing the importance of going at your own pace um, and prioritizing yourself, because yeah. that is something that I really struggled with at the time. Really enjoyed being on my own when that happened. So it wasn't so much that I was, um, in that like weird limbo between of being single and waiting for something, but it was just the fact that I felt like, oh, everyone's having partnered sex. Like, what am I doing? Like, I'm wasting my. That feeling is very visceral for me for a lot of things, um, and feeling like I'm I'm on a um, timeline in a way. On a timeline, exactly. Yeah. What What's amazing is that. I really felt like that was, that happened for, that happened for a reason, but like, it's yeah,
0: like, true though. I'm the
1: queen of totally everything happens for true. a reason. I'm like, trust the yeah. universe all the time. Um, and because at first that was not how I intended my life to be that year, year-ish right. um, that I was studying. Like I, I told Stevie before we started recording, like I was so oblivious to how much time the LSAT would take up of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, And then when I sort of came to terms with how much I was going to have to devote to it, I really got, I got real with myself and I was like, okay, what do I need in my life right now? Um, What's a necessity? What will be self-love and what will be self-sabotage and um, solo sex and fucking acing the LSAT so I can become a badass lawyer were the two things. Um, Beautiful. That's literally so fucking powerful. I felt, uh, and that's the thing. And despite the fact that studying for this exam took every ounce out of me, every ounce of everything completely out of me, mm-hmm. it was the one time that I felt more empowered than I ever had before.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, that's amazing. And, and how I was able to stay sane mm-hmm. during that time. And so final points, um, Masturbation is not something that is meant to prepare you for something, no. for someone. No, or
0: it's not that. It, it helps, is- like, sure, for definitely, but it's yeah. not preparatory at all.
1: And and it helps in the sense that it's necessary mm-hmm. because why um, – again, another deeper, bigger conversation, but Stevie and I have talked before about how um, we didn't even think about the fact that, it, that we – hadn't really looked at ourselves we hadn't really looked at our bodies yes and we were letting other people do that yes
0: and like thinking about that is so insane it's like letting somebody
1: drive your car before you've even driven it yeah literally
0: yeah that might be a bad analogy but you know what i mean
1: yes yep But it, so but it's
0: like letting someone drive your car before you've even driven it and then explaining to them how to drive the car when you've not done it
1: Yes. And then being yes. like, why did you crash? For the first time. Yeah. yeah driving, never driven a car before. <laughs> never even um, driven a car. <laughs> and then you trying to explain to them how it works. Yeah. Yeah, that's literally it. Like it um why it you owe it to yourself to be so completely at peace and familiar with your body and yes. every square inch of her. Like you owe it, you owe that to her. She does so much for you. I know. You owe that to her. So it's like, if you have a clitoris, get to know her. If you have a vulva, get to know her. (laughs) That's all I have to say.
0: Seriously. I mean, the amount, like, I had not met my G spot until a few months ago. And now we're best friends. And it's best friends. It's so beautiful. She's always there for me. Again. So so beautiful. Just a joy to be around, truly. (laughs)
1: Um, No, truly, truly. And. I mean it. Yeah, I know you mean it. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. And again, another conver- conversation for another time. But um, the idea of framing something that is um, unfamiliar to you or that is unknown to you, um, and instead of looking at that, because we all know sex is not about experience, it's not about talent, it's not about skill. Mm. Um, it's about listening and communication communication and vulnerability and silliness and openness. Yes. Silliness. That's such a big thing too. So yeah. So instead of framing something um, unfamiliar and unknown as something that like is a skill that you need to master, which is not true at all. That's mm-hmm. not how sex works. No. Yeah. Um, because every single person is different. Every single partner is different. There's no like magic key. And that's the first thing that if you think that um, to being, that's the first step to being bad in bed. That, that is something I do want to talk about. I want to talk about like that, those two notions of being mm-hmm. good and bad in bed because it's so, but anyways, we'll let it a later date. Yeah. the point is, is that instead of framing it like that, Frame things that are unknown and unfamiliar as something that's so exciting. And mm-hmm. this goes for solo and partnered sex. Yeah. And just everything, not even, just everything, like everything to do with interactions with yourself, with other people, instead of being nervous, think of it as something that's so exciting that you now get to explore and read and discover about yourself and about others.
0: It's like, if something's not feeling right, you're not doing something wrong. It's just not feeling right. Try something else, do something different. It's so subjective and defined by each individual person's experience. There's no right way to do anything. Exactly. And so the world how is truly amazing. your oyster,
1: and like, what a privilege for others to get to experience that part of you and every part of you. Yes.
0: We've talked about that a lot. I'm only going to touch on it because it's the, again another conversation. Um, but the the idea of this was revolutionary to me that if somebody can't get you to, if somebody can't give you an orgasm, that's not what it is. Nobody's giving you anything.
1: No, Your orgasm is in your hands. Your pleasure is is in your hands. hands.
0: Even in partnered sex, you can help guide them. And if they're not getting it, that's okay. But like the pleasure is in your hands. And, and what was big for me is that not everybody deserves to see you in that state of ecstasy and vulnerability. Mm -mm. Like not like I remember my,
1: but it's, but it's who you deem acceptable. The the, people who deserve to see you that way, um, recognize that this is a fucking gift.
0: Yes, no, exactly. And it was like, I remember with one of my exes, I had my first orgasm in partnered sex. And mm-hmm. um, he, I told him that, and he was like, so like for months he was like I gave Stevie her first orgasm and I was like regretted that so much it made me feel so uncomfortable and like I was some show pony that did a trick yeah like exactly it was so uncomfortable and then I was like he didn't deserve to experience me like that and so Mm -hmm. it made me wish I didn't have one and so it's it's, so it's so and you shouldn't feel that way no at all and so it's very much about like who you who you're gonna allow Your energy you like that.
1: Exactly. Rather than waiting for somebody
0: to give you something. It's all in your hands. Okay, we should start with the episode.
1: All right, let's start.
0: (laughs) But that was a good that was a good sex corner. That That was was really good. That That was was really, really good. Okay. What's this episode called? I wrote space. That's not the name of the episode. That's what it's called. Oh, that's just what space. It's, it's, so, it's really yeah. okay, cool. This is season one, episode nine called space. So um, the scene opens in Pasadena, which is fun because that's really close to me, um, with the NASA mission control team as um, they celebrate the first ap- uh, photographic transmission from Mars. And it's, I think, in the 1970s. Uh, these photos apparently created a bit of a stir by revealing some surprising geologic information that there was um, the presence of a large amount of water uh, in Mars's polar ice caps that people speculate could have possibly sustained life on the planet, this whole thing, whatever. I couldn't be less interested in life on other planets. Like, I, you're dumb if you think we're the only ones. Like, I, that's my whole thought on it. Anyways. Yeah. So then there's this fucking rock that looks like a face and everyone's freaking out about it. And when I watched this for the first time, I thought that was the dumbest possible concept to focus on. And turns out it's a real thing. Like it was a, like this was a real thing in the seventies. Are you serious? Yeah. It's called a Cydonia. I don't know if I'm saying it right. And the images were first published in 1977 and people believe that the face on Mars was evidence of a long lost Martian civilization, like whatever. Huh. It's a
1: rock, but. It's it's really wild. Have you ever watched those some videos on YouTube of people who used to go around and videotape people and like ask them their like their their thoughts on things? Yeah, there there are videos from that time period where people go around and are like, "Do you believe in alien civilizations? Do you believe that there's life on another planet?" And it's so interesting because people are much more open minded than I thought. Mm. And I say open minded, I sound like Mulder. <laughs> um, but yeah, like because you would think at the time people, um, like no. like, no, that's crazy, yeah. like, what do you, um, but yeah, so that's so interesting. I didn't yeah. know, that and that so was I real. think
0: the image they use might have been the real image, neat, and they might have been using real astronaut footage. I should have looked that up. That's okay. But I know that the face was real. So that's at least based on a real concept, that Hmm. face thing. Um, Interesting. Okay. So anyways, the smetty man, and not in a hot way, comes on the news station to say that there are no no alien sculptors at work. This isn't evidence of alien life. It's just the crazy winds that blow 300 miles an hour, 10 months a year on Mars whatever cut to the same sweaty man in his apartment looking at the picture of the face all om- ominously he's sleeping in very scully like pajamas and he's making some weird noises and he's dreaming of either him or somebody it's him but like you don't know at this point in space calling through the transmission that something's coming at him and he wakes up and sees that face from space in his popcorn ceiling and then the face like comes at him or something and- <laughs> and the effects are not immaculate like the budget must have gone to the weird worm thing in the last episode because these are like which still was not even that crazy subpar effects here
1: but um i also made the same note about his popcorn ceiling and i thought it was so fascinating how that like conjured this image of this face like his popcorn ceiling is what triggered
0: <laughs> not the popcorn ceiling well i used to i was an only child so maybe i was just bored a lot but i definitely used to like find
1: pictures in the popcorn ceilings all the time have you ever um seen those videos of people uh taking off popcorn ceilings like smoothing them no oh my god it's so satisfying really? yes it's so satisfying that sounds fun yeah okay
0: so I also just
1: I also just want to say touching on your earlier point space is so terrifying yeah I would never want to go to space that's what I mean it's so bizarre to me and at the risk of sounding like a radical (laughs) anti-war women's liver like straight out of the 70s I will say like why do we need to know what's on other planets like maybe let's spend an ounce of this egotistical flood of money on fixing the planet that we're on right now yes Um, literally
0: because like they go off about in this episode about it's like you sacrifice your life for the progress of man and i'm like um but our planet's dying so like maybe we (laughs) should expend those resources to focus on what's here why are we out like i understand like enough to know like if there's like meteors coming at us or if there's something we need to be prepared for
1: sure but
0: like what what is this what is this weird when we're killing
1: where we live anyways Anyway. Also the moon also the moon landing was fake. Okay, carry on. <laughs> do you really think so? Yes. Uh, do you not think anyone's been on the moon? No. Really? Yeah. I've never thought about this critically. Because like the the main thing is like, imagine in the seven like or sixties or seventies, whenever that happened. Yeah. There were people who thought that like the buzzing that came from computers that filled an entire room like made them gay it's like you really think that we had the technology to send someone to the moon well do you think like, nobody's
0: been there now
1: i just yeah. think that the moon landing the first one was fake because we were trying to beat russia right yeah wow okay you can cut you can cut all that out if you want that was just my no i would never thought about
0: it that's interesting um like i truly never think about space <laughs> or anything to do with it um Okay. Very much like Scully in this episode does not understand Mulder's mm. like, fascination. Anyways, so there's a theme song. And then we cut to – we're at the uh, Shuttle Space Center in Florida – the same sweaty man, but this time present day. So he has a little bit of less hair. Is there and um, a cool lady is running some kind of communication and technical stuff for what looks like it's going to be a takeoff, um, blast off. I don't know. <laughs> going on a ship in our favorite rocket ship, <laughs> going through the skies, little Einstein. Okay, there. Do you think that Mulder and Scully like if they had a kid, like made the kid watch Little Einsteins?
1: Yeah, probably. Okay. I mean, Scully probably did. Yeah. Einsteins her. Einstein's her boy. (laughs) You're right. That's her her crush. That's her hall pass. It's true. (laughs) Stevie and I, when we were at the drive-in, we were trying to think of if Mulder and Scully went to a Halloween party, what they would dress up as. I had a good one. And um, what did you say again? I just remember – you, you go first but well uh, well for to to finish why I thought of this is because I said that Mulder would go as Einstein just to make Scalia all flustered and like yeah. make her happy That's her thesis I
0: said that she would go as Uma Thurman's character in Pulp Fiction yes yes because yep. um, and it, everyone would be really because she like had it let's say that like she had an old black wig from another Halloween costume and then she has like the shirts and shit she wore one of Mulder's shirts. And like, I mean, and like, we'll pretend. we wanted, we like the juxtaposition was that Scully's in like the hottest Halloween costume ever, and Mulder has like a fake bald cap. And Mustache. And, mustache and, and, yeah. And and, yeah. Um, they're counting down, and there's a lot of excitement and like sparks and shit, but like three seconds before they lift off, something happens. I don't really know what happens, but it doesn't
1: go. So, there they're, they're ca- cut. The language here is going to be very much in layman's terms, yes, yes, if yes. you couldn't already tell. <laughs>
0: Cut to two weeks later. Um, When I watch on my own, I never pay any attention to the time stamps, And I really should because they're actually really helpful in figuring out what's happening. Like I've seen this episode Mm. multiple times and I didn't realize that the first scene was from the 70s. Because that guy looks the same. (laughs) Like he was already, he was still balding. So Um, anyway, so we have Mulder back with his beautiful floofy hair because it was really flat and like center parted last episode. And I was upset about it. So I'm happy it's back. Um, He's sitting on some stairs, chewing some seeds. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <I'm>
1: sorry. <laughs> I was having a mental breakdown over Jillian's tongue chewing while well, she was it chewing it on. And now, now Stevie's having a mental breakdown about Mulder finagling some seeds with his tongue. It's okay, take your time.
0: Okay. Scully asks what the note said. We don't know what note. She just said, what did the note say? <laughs> <laughs> and Mulder reveals they got this note that we still don't know about from somebody <laughs> who works at NASA and they wanted to talk to somebody from the FBI. Scully looks so cute here. Like, such a good hair episode for her the whole time. Her hair's
1: great. Yeah, so because this episode is so boring to me, <laughs> um, I wanted to spend the entire episode highlighting in nauseating detail all of Scully's outfits. Perfect. I um, made a lot of mention her- of
0: her ribbed shirts just for you.
1: Yeah. Oh, thank you. And her cute hairdos. Mm-hmm. Um I would also like to fawn over the woman who's uh, works for NASA, Michelle. Michelle, um, and I would also like to highlight the lack of personal space between Mulder and Scully. Mm. Um, Great thing. And I have a joke. Yeah, I have a joke. Right now. Like to hear it? Yeah, yeah right, go. Here, right now. The only space Mulder <laughs> and Scully are interested in in this episode is the one in a land far, far away beyond the stars. <laughs> Because they're attached to the hip. Yeah,
0: they literally... He doesn't know how to talk to her unless he's, like, sticking his tongue in her ear. I swear to God.
1: Yeah. Okay. So can I highlight this outfit? Yeah. Talk about her outfit. Go. Okay. So we have Scully here sitting on the steps of the FBI headquarters. Um, She's in a tan skirt suit with a rust-colored blouse, very appropriate for fall. Mm -hmm. Her cross necklace and this little messy bob and bang duo <laughs> with a crowd favorite. And when I say crowd, I mean crowd of one, me. Um, my favorite berry lip. It's a good one. Um,
0: I know the lipstick shade. It's Revlon. And I can't think of the name right now.
1: How about this? How about this? I don't need you to find the applicator or the name because – uh, she can okay. apply okay. it directly to me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Good luck with that. Bad jokes. Let's do it. I love bad
0: jokes. I hope our listeners love bad jokes. <laughs> okay. Just as they're about to um, give up and just go because nobody's coming, um, a woman, the same woman from the control office walks up and introduces herself. Her name is Michelle, and she is the mission control communications commander for the space shuttle program in Houston. So
1: she's a bad bitch. Girl, I want to marry her. Yeah, she's a bad bitch and she's beautiful. <laughs> like and look at this fit. Yeah, she has okay. some great clothes. We've got a maxi skirt over some heeled black buckled combat boots paired with this like great tweed blazer and then this red plaid blouse underneath it. Yeah. Like and it's all tied together by this impeccable clip in her hair. And great. it's a great outfit. She- She reminds me of Joni Mitchell. (gasps) She does. She does. Like, wow, the the vibes vibes. are very Joni. You're right. See, the feminist in me
0: wants to worship her and hype her up, so I did that a lot in my notes because I feel like I need to, but I don't really Mm
1: -hmm. like her, and I'm struggling with it. I know. I don't. I'm excited to hear why. She just – I'll get there. Okay, yeah, you don't okay. have to get there now. I'm saying, I'm anticipating so it. But... She
0: thinks there's a saboteur at work inside NASA. And that's a fun word that I'm going to be using very often now. And Mulder <laughs> asks about evidence of sabotage. And she says, um, two weeks ago, a shuttle mission was scrubbed three seconds before liftoff when an auxiliary power unit valve malfunctioned. And if um, that didn't happen, there is a big chance something would have exploded and like people would have died.
1: <laughs> and I just need to say, too, like... Her going off about how she has evidence of all of this, like, like that is honestly like talk dirty to me. I love, I fucking love smart, capable, competent Do you women. Know? Holy really? shit! Yeah, it's something I try to keep at bay yeah. because I like to keep my cards pretty close to my mm-hmm. chest. But yeah, interesting. She really would have never
0: known. <laughs> she then shows them a material analysis that shows deep grooved scoring marks inside the APU valve marks that could have caused a malfunction or something. So there's evidence of tampering, but what's unexplainable is how and when anybody could have done it because um, it would have taken like launch pad level temperatures to actually score this material and like, they would have known who was doing stuff on it, like, whatever. Um, I love Scully's makeup, and her eyeshadow matches her blazer, and her lipstick matches her shirt, and her hair is bouncy and light, and wow, chef's kiss. Mm. So, mm-hmm. um back to Michelle. Michelle doesn't know who sent this analysis to her, and the official before it was... Report was just that there was mechanical failures um, So Mulder asked if anybody shares Her concerns and she's like if they do Not enough to do anything about it and she's Like I believe in the space program etc cetera, etc cetera. She's speaking Mulder's language um, But there's a launch pad tomorrow And she, a launch pad to the launch Tomorrow and she's understandably very Concerned um, something interesting about this Show that I noticed is that they cram Every detail you need to know To understand the basis of the episode In the first five minutes in one Conversation so if you miss anything you're just fucked
1: yeah like i
0: have seen this episode so many times and like because i had to write this i was like oh that's what happened yeah like i never know how things start okay here's why i'm mad she she's reaching out because her fiance is a shuttle commander and mm-hmm. if this were a male character, he would simply just be concerned for the people and that would be enough in their lives. But because it's a mm-hmm. woman, we have to have a fucking ill-fated love story involved. And it's just yucky. Like, the stakes were high enough as it was. It, like, why does she need to have her fiancé on board?
1: That's such a good point. And then later on, too, um, it, it's, it's, such, it's such a weird thing because she's almost like she's, – she's punished – for that what exactly what you just highlighted because yeah, he invalidates even her later though, because of that yeah even though like later on because i made a note when she says there are men up there like he assumes that it's because of her of fiance, her fiance. I, yeah, I wrote about when, that too yeah, when literally she could very well be just concer- just as concerned that there are men period up just there. Just people. Like, like it's unconscionable
0: yeah. anyways. It doesn't have anything to do with her fiance. Um
1: That's a really that's a really good point. It
0: pissed me off. And then also she's just not talking to Scully at all. I don't <laughs> She's talking to Mulder the whole time. No, this is what pisses me off. Like I'm actually really yeah. mad about it the whole time and it just gets worse as we go on. Like yeah, but you're this is right. where it starts. <gasps> it doesn't Yeah, I'm sorry but i'm gonna it oh ju- my god
1: i take it back i don't want to marry you
0: it just gets work like she literally won't give her the time of day and i don't know if that's an acting choice if it's if it's yeah. right some of it's the writing because some of it's it's like who she's what she says but right. like whatever so this is the start of my annoyance with her i'm like okay you have two agents two fbi agents here that are helping you why are you only adjusting all of your questions to one <sighs>
1: That's so true. Okay, so cut to Mulder and
0: Scully at the space station the next day. They're riding in a little doohickey around, and they both look so good. And I just want to take note of her rib shirt just for you, Emily. And again, her <laughs> lipstick matches her blazer,
1: so, like, she's my idol. Thanks. You want to outline the outfit in more detail? Um, yeah, I'd love to. Also, I would like to outline why they're sitting so close to each other. Like, Scully is literally side-saddling the seat because they're so close to each other. And, and
0: she has her arm up. I'm like, just put That's your arm around yeah. her, babe. Do
1: it so fit number two is a recycled look from jersey devil actually is fact. it yes we love a woman who uh is realistic that's one of my favorite things is when they review yeah. outfits and shows uh-huh. and we have a crimson pantsuit uh with the uh, slate ribbed top uh we have a belt we got the classic leather briefcase because she's a working woman Um, her hair is so soft and so warm and she's very freckly. Um, and Mm. I made a very depressing point about this, but, Mm. um, (laughs) I was thinking about, because I get very giddy Mm. around early Scully and then I just get very hot and bothered around (laughs) like season three Scully onwards. Yeah. And I was thinking about that shift and it's just because at this point she hasn't been hardened yet by the multiple traumas that she ultimately faces. So her look, um, yeah, yeah, it, the change in her look nearly coincides with um, everything after her abduction, and so um, her look definitely becomes more hardened. She becomes more um, sharp, mm-hmm. and everything gets darker her hair gets darker her eyeshadow her eye makeup gets darker her eyebrows are darker yeah um and um could this have been the fact that Jillian you know got pregnant and then she gave birth around the same time sure well also
0: Jillian went through some shit in her life too like dealing totally. with her panic attacks and dealing with having a child and then later her divorce like her and Scully's journey parallel each other a lot
1: yes Which fucks me up so so could it have been that absolutely but um there is that that shift where she becomes a much sharper version of her early self um around like season three or four where she looks like a femme fatale and i kind of wish that that was the way that the story had gone i
0: know right
1: yeah okay
0: so scully is asking why somebody why somebody would want to harm a space shuttle and Mulder's like well if you were a terrorist there probably isn't a more potent symbol of american progress and prosperity blah 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 astronauts are to molder what football players are to basic american men yeah true um so he basically goes on about a bunch of conspiracy bullshit and scully is like amused by it in like a oh my silly alien boy type of way
1: yeah. um
0: and then he brings it all together with like people think it's all a conspiracy and nasa works against themselves to deny evidence of
1: alien civilization and scully's like oh yeah of course and she's so cute and I also just love how he loves that he can just talk and she'll listen to literally everything. That he I know. Says. Like you can tell he's like really feel he feels like he's being listened to. He does, and it's really and he curious. and like he gets giddy about it, and she just thinks he's adorable. And I also want to just to this scene of them walking down the hall, um, like how Mulder is like so fascinated by what's on the walls and all the pictures. He's like and a
0: five year old. Yeah.
1: And I think the one thing as boring as this episode is, the one thing that it does do well is it kind of gives us an insight into his innocence. He's literally so flustered when they meet the the main guy who used to be an astronaut. And it's really precious because he still believes in, in the heroes of, of his childhood. I know. Despite all of all he's seen, or or maybe maybe not even in maybe not even despite of it, but maybe because of all he's seen, and he's able to believe in the unknown. So why develop the cynicism of distrusting the men you find to be great? Yeah, I hate that he says you never wanted to be an astronaut when you were a kid, Scully. It's like no, Mulder. She's like I miss she didn't want to be an astronaut <laughs> because they were all men. Yeah. Like, next, why would she, what no.
0: I mean, it'd be different if she like, wanted to be an Ast- If she wanted to be an astronaut, Scully, she would have been one.
1: Exactly. Like, she's in a
0: male-dominated field. This was the one she chose to try to break into. If she had wanted to be one, she would have been. Yep, exactly. Um, okay, so Mulder sees a picture of a mission, and he fanboys over the man they're going to see, Colonel Marcus something Belt. I can't pronounce the middle name. Aurelius Aurealis. Or, okay. It's, it's not important. Um, it's Oreo, it's it's the sweat. Oreo. It's the sweaty man, um, the guy, and he almost died in that mission, which is like the dream that the sweaty man was having. I'm assuming. Um, mm-hmm. So then he's like, "You never wanted to be an astronaut when you were a kid, Scully?" And she's like, "No, Mulder. I guess I missed that phase." And she's like, "I was too busy acting out for my father's attention. Like, fuck off."
1: <laughs> so. <laughs> I was too busy stealing my mom's cigarettes, so my dad would yell at me and notice me <laughs> and give me the attention I need.
0: Literally. So they go in to see Mulder's hero, and he is how we are with Jillian, like, all flustered, like, it's an honor. You were my hero. I stayed up all night when I was 14 to watch your spacewalk. Like, oh, my God. Um, and Mulder's so cute in this scene because he's such a big fan and it's just adorable and he's so smiley and Scully is like Jesus Christ okay I'll do all the professional work which honestly like I'm about I like him being silly and her getting shit done
1: I was gonna say I I wish that he fanboyed all the time so that we could hear her talk, I know, and so she shows um, the colonel
0: the report. Michelle showed them and was like, Do you think this is sabotage? And he was like, No, and if you respect this program, you won't make these accusations. And she was like, Oh, testy, okay. Um, and so she asked him to postpone the shuttle fight, the shuttle flight until an investigation can be done. And he's like, Um, I'm a man and I have an ego, so no, Thanks so. And, uh, <laughs> Oh, he's like, nobody could do that. And Scully gets – she looks all emotional and she seems very frustrated because Mulder's just like, okay, let's listen to the man. He said that it's fine. And she's like,
1: what? And it's also so sad because you can see him being so disappointed as he realizes that, like, this man is one of the men who he's devoted his life to exposing. Like, he is one of them. And he loves
0: him. And then Mulder's like, can we watch? Can we watch the takeoff?
1: (laughs) so cute
0: um so then they leave and scully's like you didn't want to get his autograph all sassy as they walk through the door
1: i love that she feels comfortable teasing him now because it just gets better and it shows how true like truly how much of a level playing field that they're on yeah because it's like they go back oh they I do
0: And so um, they go to one of the technicians and they show them the report and they've like, oh, I've never seen this. And then Mulder and Scully are surprised that an analysis was never ordered. And the guy's like, well, money's more important than people's lives. And they're like, oh, yeah, right. We forgot. And so um, Scully makes the accusation um, again about sabotage. And they're like, no, there's so many people working on this. It's fine. But ultimately, Colonel Belt is the one who makes all the decisions so that he would know better than the rest of us. And she's like, "Okay, noted. Um, So Scully's like, do you think Colonel Bell knows more than he's telling us? And Mulder's like, I can't believe he'd do anything wrong. I'm in love with him. What do you mean? And so cut to the takeoff and our little babies are watching and they're doing, um, everyone down there's doing their technical thing and it takes off. And Michelle's like flirting with her fiance over the intercom, which is like powerful and I support it. Um, And they leave and Mulder is like, well, that fulfilled one of my boyhood fantasies. And I had the biggest heart on watching that rocket take off." Scully was like- I was like, that ranks with me getting a pony and learning to braid my own hair. And I want to watch Scully braid a little girl's hair, and I want to cry about it. You deserve that. Thanks.
1: I think so. Yeah, you do. So
0: molder is flirting with her like so hard here he's like what do you you mean you didn't think it was cool so cute and then fucking michelle interrupts and is like molder wait and why is she only calling for molder like when there are two equal agents on the case i'll never know
1: i'm literally i'm very upset about it because it just gets worse i know i'm annoyed i'm annoyed now i'm sorry i know you loved her
0: I mean to no, I this. don't love her
1: anymore. That was it. I mean, that was all... I don't know why No? But, like, it's
0: annoying that... It's annoying because we finally get a, a central additional female character that has agency and a high-up position in a male-dominated field, and then she doesn't give the other woman the time of day. She doesn't validate her authority at all.
1: And I'm wondering if this, like, is the writers unconsciously uh perpetuating this narrative that women all inherently hate each other truly cannot fathom two powerful women like respecting each other i mean the writers clearly can't we know that yeah but like
0: it could have been a combination of that because it's not necessarily in the writing and more in how she's acting it and the actress could have felt threatened by another lead female actress who knows which is just internalized misogyny which um we're not a fan of not great no so something's wrong with the shuttle and they go back to Houston, but on the way there, Michelle sees something weird, like a weird shadow face in the fog and crashes her car and she literally flips it. And so she flips the car so our baby agents go get her and Scully's like, we need to be careful, like don't move too much because you could have a, like the good medical doctor she is. And Mulder pulls her out because Michelle's like screaming, get me out anyways. And so he's like, okay. And then he does more sex noises not even getting yeah. into it um no. and scully is like don't try to move as she's effectively moving as much as humanly possible
1: yeah no one's she's listening like to, we her. Have to go scully's we the medical doctor in this
0: situation and nobody's listening to her
1: i know and she's being so gentle with her i know like, scully is so gentle this the scully is so gentle with women like i am so speechless like the way that she was just pushing the hair out of her face i oh, like no. women uh oh, i know i i'm not a fan of michelle but like i love women
0: i yes. love women so
1: much like
0: and that's so young jillian just being a woman's woman totally like it's totally so clear and it's so sweet yeah. and this woman won't look at her give her like come on she's just like, frustrating side. me this is one of my least favorite episodes because of this like this episode has always made me irrationally angry and i'm just now being able to articulate it so they make it to houston and i'm not sure what's happening but the shuttle like can't spin so it's getting hot in there <laughs> Science, uh, Michelle is yelling orders like a bad bitch, which I love, and I want to be like yes, Michelle, but I can only find myself resenting her in this episode because I yeah. what I've been saying.
1: I know. I made the same note. I made the same note of like, she just fucking flipped over in a car and she's like, no, it's time to work. I
0: love that, but I get, it's so frustrating. It's such a, it's very mixed feeling. So I I did take all the notes about where she's being a bad bitch and like her fits are amazing. She looks fucking hot. She's running that fucking mechanical operating room or whatever the hell they're in. But she won't give the one other woman the time of day
1: yeah that's not fun i don't like that or
0: respect her position and like validate her authority whatever so they go into the database to see if anybody's in there tampering making it so that the shuttle can't spin and um david just decided he doesn't like holding guns correctly anymore like he did this in this episode and the last episode where he's just kind of like chilling with it in one hand i was gonna
1: yeah, these two people do not look like they should be holding guns. It's cool. I, that's Jillian's at least trying.
0: Like she looks like she's trying to Jillian hold it correctly. is trying
1: so hard. Yeah, Jillian looks like she's yeah, Jillian looks like she is here here's the difference, right? Jillian looks like she is straight out of like a black and white uh mafia yes. film. Uh David looks like is a he, water gun. He is has a water gun. Exactly. <laughs>
0: so a little man comes out and he's like, I work here. And then <laughs> Mulder is like, I want to monitor everybody that comes in here. Blah, 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 blah back to the sweaty colonel um he finally gets to work and he's like um they have to deliver their payload like we have to risk it and Mulder whispers all intimately to scully like now they're cutting off the connection to the astronauts and they're gonna fly the thingy themselves like don't look at me don't i sound smart i know about space and she's like okay molder we'll have sex later it's okay and so then they 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 could do, do it they cut off um connection with that with the astronauts and everyone claps and scully's the cutest ever
1: Scully smiling is so beautiful like I'm pretty sure that's my favorite thing ever in this entire world and it's really too bad that they didn't let her smile for the rest of the entire series I know. so
0: it goes back to the sweaty colonel rinsing his face and looking at himself very closely in the mirror like I've never seen
1: someone closer to their own <laughs> reflection. It it was like, he looked like that was the first time he'd ever seen himself. He's never
0: looked in a mirror before in his life. He's never seen himself. So Scully's like, why would he have taken that big of a risk? And Michelle's like, well, remember, money's more valuable than lives. And then she's like, oh, yeah, okay, right. Sorry, thanks for reminding me. So the colonel lies to the press, and Mulder looks so betrayed. Like... I know. such a sad little baby and then moldy tries to talk to him and the colonel's like blah 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 you risk your life for the progress of men and moldy's like i know i love you and colonel's like i don't love you back <laughs> and then the colonel's just like throwing a fit because they're not famous anymore and they only care if they fuck up like the, he wants to be worshipped and he's throwing a fit about
1: it and moldy's yeah. like and it's it's so stupid because he's like we used to make the front page when we did our job right Like, okay, Okay. you people do their job right every single day and they don't make the front page. Like, that's the standard. Like, and and I just want to say like space travel is such a white man's game. It's like, the whole concept is like, I'm going to launch myself into space voluntarily, knowing the dangers just so I can maybe make it onto the front page. And then I'm going to cry about it when the danger I knowingly launch myself into is dangerous enough to kill me.
0: Yes. It's like, what?
1: But it's all for the progress of man. And Mulder's like, I know you
0: guys are heroes. And I'm like, what? Let's maybe not. Again, this
1: planet we're on is dying. Yeah. Yep. Who knew I was anti-space travel? (laughs) And I also just want to say too, like Mulder's, Mulder's loss of innocence is seeing that his childhood hero is a fake and like Scully's loss of innocence oh. is being traumatized over and over and over yeah. again. Yeah. Like literally just that.
0: That's such that, a good uh, point. So then Mulder asks him like, "Well, I have to ask, like do you think that there's been sabotage?" and he's like, "No, hard." Cut to the Colonel drinking in his apartment <laughs> like angrily undoing his tie like men do. Why is he laying in like he t- he takes off his tie and unbuttons his sleeves and like that's enough for bed. Like, he leaves his <laughs> shoes on and everything and, like, goes to bed. Does he? Yes. And so, yeah, he falls asleep Ew. immediately and these dreams start happening again and his face morphs into the spoopy face and then he's, like, being possessed or a spirit is leaving his body or something's happening. But, like, a, a exactly. cloud goes out the window of dust. I don't know. <laughs> so, go back to Houston and there are like, um, something shoulder-checked our ship in space. Like, I don't know, something just hit us. I don't really know what just happened. And then there's an oxygen leak in the main orbiter. And so CO2 is leaking into space and Mulder so seductively explains it to Scully. And he's like, the same thing happened to the colonel. Like the CO2 was going out and she's like, okay, you smell so good. I'm happy Michelle is barking orders at people and Mulder and Scully go to find the colonel who was supposed to be there an hour and a half ago, but he's fucking not. And so they go to Colonel Belt's place and he's supposed to look extra extra rough, Cause they like look at him different, but he just kind of looked rough the whole episode. So,
1: yeah, I don't really see a difference. He's just like always sweaty. Yeah, he's just kind of different levels of sweaty. Yeah, (laughs)
0: yes. (laughs) Maybe that's the Um, name of this episode: different levels of sweat.
1: (laughs) Um, I just want to say too, like, this is the most iconic Scully look ever. Like, look l-e-w-k yes. because we have the navy the uh navy the olive green oh, yeah suit she looks with good navy, in the green navy pinstripes um cinched waist big fan of that mm-hmm. it fits her Her so well the gold buttons the shoulder pads the black pumps she's got a f- nice snazzy watch on um she looks so hot and i literally would marry her if i saw her in this outfit
0: oh you guys would be such cute wives
1: oh my god we'd be the, like season two or season one scully
0: the cutest like how powerful would that be sorry let me
1: tell you You're like i agree i do a much better job of it hello i broke her i do a <laughs> much better job than Mulder. fuck yeah
0: Okay, so then they go back to Houston and, like, Colonel Mann actually starts doing his job. And he's like, what's happening? And so he basically tells them that they need to um, get in their suits and use the last of their oxygen to deliver their payload and then die. And Michelle is like, hey, those are men up there. And he's like, "Um, you're out of line. And I'm like, bro, are you okay?
1: You're out of line. Do you know
0: where the line is? Have you ever seen a line? Like, what? And he says, there's more at risk here than your personal life making it seem like she's only concerned because it's her fiance when it's like no you're killing people why is it necessary to invalidate yeah. her concerns because it's fiance why did she even need to have a fiance up there what purpose <laughs> did this serve we never met the fiance the stakes would
1: have been there like i i have i have i have one possible okay. theory so for whatever reason I, I noticed a couple of times whenever michelle was talking about her fiance and how she was worried about him, or she was expressing some sort of concern or anything, the camera always cut to Scully. It happens a couple of times throughout the episode
0: that's so interesting.
1: I think because after ice we're seeing we see a huge shift in the way that Mulder and Scully like find comfort yeah. in each other, and it's maybe sort of on the tipping point of more than partners mm. as like more than professionally like linked yeah. to each other and we're
0: not even saying that like necessarily i think that because like, i say that they're fucking all the time but like there's just more of an emotional there's more of an intimacy there because they've,
1: they've had their lives threatened together she probably feels like the same sense of like worried loyalty not yet to him but certainly like like a worried allegiance mm. that she feels to him and I think Scully finds his commitment to his pers- like to this pursuit of the truth endearing because she doesn't have a stake yeah. in it yet. And so she's worried – she's as worried about him as she is about herself. So it's like that fear and that anxiety that Michelle feels, like I'm sure Scully f- feels yeah. in some way.
0: Yeah. That's a really good point. I hadn't compared it like that.
1: I feel like at some point I – do you ever like read something on Tumblr on Twitter? And then like months later, you're like, um, when you watch the episode, you're like, oh yeah, that yeah, that was so yeah. I think I might have okay. read something like that and then I was like conscious and then it, of you it. saw it. But I hadn't noticed it before. And then, then I was like, holy shit, like, yeah, they're cutting to Scully. That's so
0: interesting. Well, the next time I watch this, yeah, I'll have to watch this episode one more time in my life, and then I don't think I'll do it again. Yeah. Maybe yeah, I'll, I'll just do it to see Scully it. looking cute and laughing but so then and then she runs out crying like a little girl like she has been barking orders at all these men the whole Do you think that she would like flail out sobbing crying (sighs) sure like that's very valid but just like to, to run out of the room like that and have, i don't know i mean i it's it's warranted but it's just it's not consistent with how she's been carrying herself as her character and how she's been carrying the knowledge exactly. that her fiance might die because it's not
1: like that that hasn't been there and it's also like she's very whiny yeah like, she, like that is so contradictory to the way that she's been this entire episode yeah it's
0: true um i wonder if that was a directing thing like they're like no we want you to fully break down yeah I don't know. She walks out. She's understandably upset. And Scully follows, like, I got it. I'm going to be a pal to her, even though she hasn't been one to me and, like, good for her. And so um, she's, like, they're going to die. And Scully's, like, yeah, it's fucked. I think um, the colonel's known about it from the beginning. Like, he's not good. And Scully's right. And Mulder is blindsided by his idealization. And still, somehow, he's the one who leads the course of action.
1: I know. Make it make sense. When when Michelle is about to go stop um, Belt molder like literally grabs her hips to stop her did you oh, notice I that no, i didn't and like it's such an unconventional and unnecessary way to stop someone from leaving like imagine if a man was running away and he just grabbed him by the waist with both hands you would <laughs> never do that ever like so strange so bad so bad so the astronauts deliver
0: their payload and then they see something or someone outside the ship and they're like, it's a ghost! And the colonel has a breakdown. And Scully looks so good in this green suit. Like, yay that it fits her. I wrote that when they were looking through like all the books and stuff in the data room. Yeah. And so she, Scully finds the report that it was ordered by the colonel, and they're like, fuck, he did know. And they're like, did he know about the challenger too? Like, oh, fuck, like maybe this goes deeper. It's like a whole thing. So the Michelle is like, the colonel collapsed, and they find him crying under his Boohoo! Head. yeah i don't care about the colonel I call an ambulance and michelle is like i'm bringing the shuttle down fuck this guy and i'm like good you do that yeah and then Mulder somehow is still <laughs> the fucking hero here and he gets him to calm down just by being like focus and then somehow he becomes is... he's
1: a psychic all of a sudden he can scully's do a <laughs> scully's scully's medical medical uh intelligence just goes out the window he said watch this
0: watch this I'm gonna hold my finger up and I'm gonna yell focus and his seizure is gonna stop it's gonna be so cool so dumb he him. Literally, like, what the fuck was that um and then they're all yelling you're gonna kill him older but then they just let him keep talking so
1: yeah and the and the, the I was about to say the nurses but the two paramedics are like just like yeah seems right yeah keep going
0: they're like do whatever you need whatever okay so basically this colonel is like yeah so like i've known but it wasn't me it was the space ghost like it wasn't that definitely wasn't me but like yeah Mm -hmm. it's been sabotaged for a while now Mm -hmm. um okay and then they um see his face contort i think but nobody seems properly freaked out so i'm not sure if they saw it
1: and I don't even think that they show Scully's fate, like Scully's reaction. Scully's
0: reaction is after, and she's the only one who seems yeah. like she
1: might have seen it because of yeah. course she's the only one ever with high enough stakes.
0: As the colonel's being taken away, he's like, um, it's going to burn when they come went upon re-entry because, you know, the ghost again. Um, it wasn't me. It was definitely the ghost. But like, you got to mm-hmm. change that because they're going to catch on fire. Um, you got to change the trajectory to 35 degrees. And Mulder tries to tell them, but it's unclear if the astronauts get the transmission to do that, and there's a lot of suspense. But it all works out, and that, folks, is the last time Dana Scully laughs.
1: Ever. Actually, yeah, maybe, so cute. maybe until Hollywood AD. That's so
0: depressing. That is season, season seven. seven. Yeah,
1: season two, season three. She smirks. She smirks she, a lot. There's some
0: smirks. She grins. Some chuckles, maybe.
1: I think that's the next time.
0: And then, Michelle hugs Mulder, and he I spins know. her in the air, and I'm like...
1: That was very bizarre. Scully has
0: been the only one that's been on her side. Mulder's been up this fucking colonel's ass the whole episode. <laughs> Scully's the only one that's supporting her, and she hugs him? Still doesn't look at her?
1: I know. Oh. I, don't,
0: I don't know. I don't know. Bad.
1: Okay. Yeah, that was a weird. That was weird.
0: Uh, so okay, so Michelle then also lies to the press, so she's like the colonel now, and the colonel's in the hospital, and it looks like he has two heartbeats, and something weird happens, and the face is back, and then he's like fighting his own bo that's coming off him is like what it looks like. <laughs> <It's flooding laughs> around him. He's so smelly, it's just he's finally so, overtaking so him. Smelly, he falls out the window and dies.
1: <laughs> Falls? No, he fucking yeets himself out the window. <laughs>
0: well,
1: yeah. then there, there's a very dramatic montage of him falling Comparing and... Comparing
0: it to the <laughs> silence of space and floating and then him falling and then the, and the B.O.'s
1: swirling. <laughs> His B.O. was so bad, he couldn't get away with it. He had to launch himself out of a window. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> cut to sad puppy Mulder reading about it in the paper. I just want to give him a hug. And Scully comes in... And another ribbed shirt just for you. Go ahead, talk about the outfit.
1: So her outfit, we have another recycled suit. Um, I think she wore this one in squeeze. We have the gray pants suit with a wide leg. That's all I have to say about it. But I would like to point out how gentle she is with him. She's and- so gentle. It's so sweet and so tender. And there was a line to bring back our girl, Joni Mitchell. There's a line from one of her songs that says, I can be cruel, but let me be gentle with you. And I just think that that's Scully with Mulder. And I was going to tweet that, but now you're getting it here. I might still tweet it. (laughs) Stevie's not well. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. fucks
0: me up. I love that song. And I love Joni. And like, how dare you fucking compare those lyrics to them? I'm sorry. Can someone make a fan video of that song. To them, be so what's the name of the song
1: again? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> case of you. Oh, case of you. It's I thought case it might be you? the
0: gallery. No, at what part?
1: Um, oh, maybe it's the get. Ga- maybe it is the gallery. No, it's the gallery. it's the gallery. It's not a case of you. Okay, it is the gallery by Joni Mitchell. Yes. If anybody is a Joni Mitchell
0: fan and wants to make a video, I would love that. So um, back to Mulder and Scully. Mulder's very sad. She's so gentle and sweet with him. And Mulder's like, it was an alien. And she's like, it was dementia. And honestly, I I know we saw the face, but like, I also think it was dementia. (laughs) (laughs) I choose not to believe that weird fucking shit.
1: Yeah, I agree. It was, this was the, one of
0: the stupidest supernatural elements, I think. I don't, I'm not a fan.
1: Yeah, me either.
0: So Mulder's still up the colonel's ass and is like, I know deep down he wanted to save these men. And I'm like, honey, give it up. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's do, let's hear it. Like, so It's th- fine. Then they go to his funeral. And again, Scully has never looked smaller. She's so little. Impression.
1: That suit was like abnormally large i know
0: i'm like put her the back purple, in the green the one. plum one I like the
1: green it was very it was very cute yeah but
0: and then once again jillian out acts everyone even though molder michelle are supposed to be the ones actually affected by this
1: the end can i okay <laughs> <sighs> two things so i love that scully goes with molder because i just think that's so like very my, she didn't give a shit yeah. like and then there's a moment where they're both looking at michelle And they kind of give – Mulder, like, gives her a little head nod, and she gives one back. And I guess that's, like, a thank you for saving these men's lives. Just to Mulder. It's fine. Yeah, just to Mulder. Um, But then there's a moment where um, Scully, like, catches herself watching her. And she, like, looks away, like, very, like, uncomfortably. And I think – She finds herself watching them because she, and this is 100% Jillian. I mean, there's no way that this was written in the script, but, um, so I think it, I think it goes back to Jillian's understanding of, of Scully more so than anything. But, um, but I think Scully, this is like another example of how viscerally she feels the weight of her commitment to justice and to the victims, um, But there's also this sort of semblance of her wanting that normalcy and wanting someone like to be devoted to like Michelle is to her fiance. Mm -hmm. And um, I think a lot of like, like I said, I think a lot of these more subtle, like all of these subtleties are Jillian, but it's kind of interesting the way that Scully is observing them and then sort of feels like she's been caught watching. That's such a good observation. I mean, I think Jillian does that a lot. Like I've seen that face before, but I I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know if it's because. I mean, I think I'm sure it's like Scully, thinking because what we what we know from the deleted part of the series is that they originally gave Scully a boyfriend. Um, Mm -hmm. So assuming, I think it's pretty. uh, Canon that she would have broken up with him pretty early on um because of the commitment to her job so it's just interesting to think of her relationship to, to love and how she feels about it and i think it's certainly a little bit of like her wishing or missing that she being devoted to someone yeah um and then i just want to say the end but when scully said i think the thing that sums this entire episode up is scully saying it's right up there with when i learned how to braid my hair and like yeah i agree um scully's complete unbridled joy in saving the men is the best part of the episode i know it really is nobody gives her any credit yeah day, we will we will yeah, hear. she was like really she was really made like very small in this episode and i did not enjoy no it.
0: even though she's doing everything else the same Exactly.
1: Okay, that's it. We're never watching this episode ever again.
0: No, I'll watch it maybe to see if they cut to her and maybe for the laughs, but I'm fast-forwarding. I'm mad. Yeah. But we did it! Do you want to do... We did it, and that's it. It's Jillian's Corner. Let's do a short Jillian's Corner. All right? Okay, so this is... This connects to our um, sex corner at the beginning. Um, it's Jillian for U.S. Magazine in October 1997. Um, people... Danielle at Scully's Ponytail on Twitter tweeted this <laughs> a few days ago. Um, but people, it's, it's circulated for a long time because it's an old interview. Yeah. Um, and it's an interview quote of Jillian
1: talking about masturbation. So um, the interviewer said, an actress I once interviewed – also, this is completely unprompted. I'm not sure where this came from. But an actress I once interviewed expressed her belief that when women masturbate, it's not about sex – is that what all celebrities think or is it one woman's weird opinion? And Jillian said, want me to read it? Yeah, go ahead. Jillian said, well, I'd have to disagree with her. It's about pleasing yourself when the hell you want to, you know, like even when you have a boyfriend, sometimes you're in the mood and they're not around. And then she said, are we really having this conversation? (laughs) (laughs) And that just fits so well
0: with what we were talking about earlier about it not being connected to your relationship at all it's a very it's personal yours. thing and yeah. Julian thinks so so if you didn't believe us now you have to yep Julian said so yep um, um emily and i yeah. are a little flustered because we took just a little a, a little break and we read that full interview and it's a lot um it is a lot we'll link it but read with caution it's just there's so much there's just but emily and i want to go finish the article so we're gonna wrap up um
1: and that's it that's the end of the podcast episode (laughs) that's
0: the end (laughs) but we love you so much thank you for listening seriously thank you like our listen our our listens jesus (laughs) our listens are going up so quickly and we have such a consistent growth and a consistent like listening base and it's so wild and cool so cool and we love you with every fiber of our being
1: every fiber
0: and thanks for listening to us and our ramblings on The Sex, sex, sex files. files. You guys are rad and beautiful. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.